I was in the rental car line and some dad was in front of me and he just turned around and went, you really kicked that lady's ass. You really kicked that lady's ass. <laughs> I think when I beat up Margot Martindale. Hilarious on the Americans. You're listening to Skip Intro with me, Krista Smith. If I showed you a picture of Carrie Russell, it would be very difficult to predict which of her many iconic roles you'd recognize her from. Maybe it's her character Felicity in the heartfelt coming-of-age series created by J.J. Abrams in the late 90s, or her epic cameo in Mission Impossible 3 opposite Tom Cruise. Even more likely, you'd peg her as Elizabeth Banks, the cutthroat Russian spy that she played in the wildly popular series, The Americans. There's also a chance you'd shout out her recent role in Cocaine Bear, the surprise box office sensation that took the internet by storm back in February. After three decades in the business, Carrie has built an incredibly diverse resume, jumping from comedy to action to drama and back again with an effortless on-air can-do attitude that sets her apart from so many. And it also makes her one of my favorite people to talk to. Today, we're sitting down to discuss Carrie's latest series, The Diplomat, in which she plays Kate Weiler, a career diplomat who is unexpectedly rerouted to serve as a U.S. ambassador to the United Kingdom in the midst of an international crisis. I'm excited to catch up with Carrie and hear more about the making of this incredibly complex series, in which Carrie is also an executive producer on. First of all, I'm just going to say, Carrie Russell, so exciting to see you. Nice moment to catch up. Great new series coming to Netflix, The Diplomat. But first things first, we both have glasses. And I really like this because the last time I saw you, neither one of us had glasses. And now we're really rocking a good, like, kind of tortoiseshell, heavy frame. My eyes went off a cliff like Thelma and Louise literally in COVID and all the Zoom. It was like one day I woke up and I couldn't see anything. Yeah, it's really true. I, I'm going to be 47, maybe. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's really like two years ago. Just it, it was just time. Just reading mm-hmm. all the hours of reading, trying to read like full long form articles on my phone in the dark. Just like yeah. reading. I have yeah. a mini. I have the iPhone mini. Just like Matthew would always lean over and go, that's not good for your eyes. Why, why don't you just like put it on something bigger? And I'm like, I, I can't get up. I can't get up. Just... I'll turn my phone sideways and just scroll through. <laughs> I know it's not good. But, you know, I, I'm not, I don't hate glasses. Glasses are kind of okay. And I also feel like um, I welcome them when I feel like they cover part of your face. You know, like when you have to do mm-hmm. school things and you're like, oh, I don't want to put makeup on. But I have glasses. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm, 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 I'm working them. I'm, I'm like into it. It's all good. All right. So I should tell our listeners, I'm just going to say it right up front. Carrie, not, I mean, I consider you from Colorado. I'm, I grew up yeah. in Colorado. I first found out about you, obviously, when you were cast in Felicity. And I did a piece on you for Vanity Fair. And it was like so exciting to have someone from Colorado kind of like break through. And I remember that photo shoot. It was awesome. Highlands Ranch for Highlands those. Ranch. Yeah. <laughs> but it has been a great, I mean, what a fucking career you've had since. Well, obviously, since the Mickey Mouse Club, which I went back, I have to say, and did do a deep dive. Forgive me, but it's fantastic. (laughs) And you actually, your personality hasn't really changed that much from when you were giving a tour of your closet uh, as a teenager for the Mickey Mouse Club. You still have the same energy and casualness. And I love what you you say, like, oh, we wear a lot of, you know, it's casual in Colorado. So I have a lot of sweaters and jeans. (laughs) And you haven't changed, by the way. I bet you you're in sweaters and jeans right now. looks like it. Oh, my gosh. Yep. Sweatshirt and jeans. 
Um, oh, wow. The, the one thing that has changed, there was a lot of hair in that Mickey Mouse Club 90s. Yeah. There was so much hair. Someone, someone needed to tame that, that action. I was like, it was full force. I mean, it was craziness. The curls, <laughs> all that hair. It's so good. So good. Okay. So, so the diplomat. All right. The diplomat. I watched um, this the entire series. I was so drawn in by the messiness of it. So what yes. I love about this series, first of all, that the woman carries the entire narrative. And also she's not a perfect woman, but she's so fucking good at her job. But it isn't about how she looks. But she also happens to be gorgeous because it's Carrie Russell and you are genetically predisposed. But it isn't used. I just love the way it's woven in. And I love the way she eats with such like kind of like vulgarity basically is the best kind of, you know, just like does it, gets it done, has to eat, only eats to get nourishment to continue her job. And the relationship stuff is great. So for the listeners, basically you are a career diplomat. So one yep. of these people that go in after college, speak multiple language or stationed in, you know, in the state department all over the world, you will build your, you know, career and your dossier up to eventually become a diplomat. Not no fuss, no muss about to be the ambassador in Afghanistan. You're really good at dealing with complicated, high stakes situations. And through a series of events, you're unexpectedly enlisted as the ambassador to the United Kingdom. What was it about this project? Because the, obviously the last time you were in this kind of hour long series was in The Americans, which is hugely beloved series. And obviously your partner was in it as well, Matthew Reese. But what pulled you back? Well, <sighs> So, yeah, I hadn't worked in, uh, certainly not like this in a long time. I, basically, it was Christmas time, and I had, at this moment, my parents, Matthew's parents, and from Wales, and my ex-husband's parents, and I was cooking Christmas, like, lunch for all three sets of grandparents at the, you know, with all the kids, and... Everyone was in town. Things were crazy. You know, I was probably drunk by noon every day just to manage, like, the cooking, the cleaning, the stress. Deborah Kahn, who wrote the script, it kind of came my way, and I just, like, I couldn't stop thinking about it. It was so funny. She's so smart. And I read it, and I'm like, oh, and it's Christmas, and there's all this stuff going on. And she's like, but it shoots in London. And I was like, I love that I say I can't go anywhere else, but I'm like, but I'll go London to do this. It's like, I couldn't go further, you know. Um, did you take the family? How did you do that? You're not popping back on weekends. <laughs> I did. I did come home for one week and move the house, which was, I was like, Deborah, I can't. So we're having this like conversation over Zoom with all the grandparents downstairs. And it went so well. I liked her so much instantly. And I'm like, Deborah, I can't do this. Like Matthew is shooting something far away. I am in charge of moving the house. We're, we're, we're moving, what, what's gonna happen? She's like, well, you hire a mover. And I'm like, well, I, what, what am I gonna do? So I did, uh, I went to London for the first like month and a half, came back, helped move the house. Then the kids came as soon as they finished school and we all spent the summer in the UK, which was great. And Matthew was from Wales. So we, you know, kids got to go to his uncle's Welsh farm, spent time, you know, doing stuff like that. And it was really, it was really nice uh, to be there and, and just have a little, uh, 
a different summer. It was it was good. Like a working summer. But I, I just, it was one of those things I just couldn't say no. It, maybe since COVID, like I haven't wanted to do anything too heavy or too sentimental or like I've been drawn to the, the light, the bright. And this is a drama, I guess, but it has a lot of funny in it. That's Deborah's personality and her sense of humor and her like tone. I don't say yes to a lot of things. I tend to hide out in my house a lot. And I'm like, I'm pumped about this. I think it's super fun. Like you said, it's it's so great when you don't have to be the pretty one. Like when you don't have to, like your clothes don't have to fit fucking perfect. You don't have to, you know, like other people get to be the pretty people. And that's awesome. I felt the same way during Felicity. It's like, I just get to be me. Like, you know, hardly any makeup and let the other girls come in and do do the show. There's a freedom in that. And it sort of has these other elements of things I was interested in. There's this great book on tape called The Ambassadors, and it's about the Arabists. They're just like these amazing, they're almost like, you know, they're, they're, they, they're in before the army is, they're, they're there after the army leaves, they're the ones who speak all the languages, they're, they're sort of the equivalent to me of like war journalists. They're doing this like incredible work helping change and shape and form the world, but um, on the sidelines, like no one knows who they are. And it's just, it's it's a cool job. And this person in Deborah's script is uh, supposed to be good at those things. Like she should be in Afghanistan and then is, you know, plucked like a donor would be for a presidential, you know, campaign into London, which is a lot more of a pomp and circumstance and um, absurd things that she's not used to having to do. Yeah, so there's, there's great comedy and in those sequences. And also you realize, I love just diving into the world. And I and I should say that Deborah Kahn, for people that don't know, was part of Homeland. So this is a space that she's very obviously comfortable in and familiar with. And West Wing. And West like Wing, yes. All of that. Which brings me to, so here's here's the thing. I, I'm picturing Carrie at home in Brooklyn and you've got a full house because I have two teenagers. I think we have uh, sons the same age. And you read that script maybe on your little iPhone. <laughs> there is a lot of dialogue. You have to say so many words and they're critical words because you're it, you're talking about the world and diplomacy and and state departments and other departments within departments and people's names within names. I mean, it is it is dense. And part of the joy in it, obviously, is as an audience member watching it is like keeping track of all of this stuff. But how did you just a very basic question? How did you memorize all of that? And what is that like for you on a on a given day when you're going in? to work so much sweat so much armpit sweat i cannot even fucking tell you so much sweat there were so many times where i'm just like where we go let's go let's go you know you're just like like all those like you know the abbreviations fucking alone of all these state departments and and i just look at deborah i'm like what the fuck who do you think i am um Anyway, but you're right. That is part of the joy and that's part of the fun. And you have to be able to like rail it off, you know. Um, I just so wish I had a photographic memory. Yeah, I've worked with people that sort of do like Will Arnett, I think, sort of has almost a photographic memory. I think one of the actors, another smarty pants actor on our show also, I if I could have a, a superhero, you know, quality, I think that's what I would dream for the show but I do not so I don't know you just I write it I did you know 
I don't know. It's it's hard. It doesn't come to me naturally. It's it's difficult. Um, the good thing is most of the actors struggle with it. So you're, so you're not alone. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. The blooper reel would be super fun, I think. Right. To, to watch those. Yeah. Mess ups. All right. So the other great part about the this show that makes it to me sets it apart and makes it different. And certainly at this stage, because you're playing someone that is your age so in their 40s, it has an established career, is the relationship with your husband that's played by Rufus Sewell. You guys are Kate and Hal Weiler. Right. Great names, by the way. Just so. <laughs> so I. I looked at him as like kind of the, you know, I wanted to say Bill Clinton, but not that's not really accurate. But that kind of charismatic, great on the fly, you know, and also a man in a man's world. And you are really a woman in a man's world at the end of the day, no matter how we want to slice it. That's really basically what is a lot of some of the conflict here. But the dynamic between this these two, this couple, is fraught, to say the least. But what was great about it, there's one scene, I think this is in the opening scene or the second episode, where, you know, he's a problem because he has to be the one carrying the purse now or in the back, right? You're the ambassador. He doesn't get the armored car. He doesn't get all the trappings that he's used to. So he's adjusting to that. But the best part is there's a scene with you and I think your handler, your assistant, and he's gone missing. And you're like, no, my husband's horrible. But the one thing he doesn't do is cheat, which I just think is so great that she didn't, that we're not watching a drama about like an alpha male, two alpha, and the husband's cheating. It didn't follow any of those tropes, and I love that. That's what I loved about what Deborah wrote. I love the relationship specificity that she brings into this. Uh, Hal, to me, is my most favorite character of the whole series. I mean, he's such a likable character. And yes, he's a composite, I'm sure, of Clinton, of Holbrook, uh, Richard Holbrook. Like, many of those people is kind of who he... And he's supposed to be this big, you know, swaggering charming uh, guy who can talk to anybody who you either love him or you hate him. And, um, and so, it, yes, it's, it's really fun to play within that. But I, and I do, I love the specificity of, she's like, no, he's, he's an asshole, but he doesn't cheat. Yeah, that is such a good. But I, the, the other thing that I think, um, we're, we're in this weird time right now where, um, and I loved the character I got to do on The Americans. She was so <laughs> fucking hardcore and um, hardline and um, cold and all those great things. But we're also in this weird time where um, I feel like I read so many scripts where every time there's a woman, it's like, she is a brain surgeon and a professional trumpet player and she's a great mom and she is funny as and sassy and you're like shut up like I, you know what I mean you don't have to be all those things like what I like is that I don't know like I'm I'm wrong a lot in this or the character is wrong a lot or she I don't know it we're it, it's funny we're in a time right now where, and I and I understand because you have to swing the other way, but I, um, I, I don't know. I, I want people to be less, um, like strong all the time or, you know, I, I, one of the weaknesses of Kate's of this character is that she is in this really complicated relationship and she can't seem to like get herself out of it. You know what I mean? She's really in a, that's like one of her complications. It's okay, like, watching someone work that out. 
You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Well, it's a parallel stories, which is great because that's what the ambassadors are supposed to be able to be this salve. And like, how do you do that in your in your marriage? And how is it for you to be an executive producer? Yeah, great. You get to throw your hat in the ring for, you know, casting or different decisions. And there are so many great, cool women who are running the show that they're just it just seems like an easy fit. I've always had really good experiences, I have to say, with people in power. I, I really have. I've been really incredibly lucky, men or women. I've maybe because I work so infrequently, but <laughs> uh, people have been. You know, it's been great. Janice is one of the um, executive producers, and Deborah, and we're all just like in it together. And um, but I, I think the heart of it is is Deborah's writing, and I, I just think uh, I, I don't know. You never know if people will respond to it or not. But I. I, I love the tone of it. I think it's really fun. Did you get to meet, did the uh, American ambassador come visit the set at all? Did you have any kind of like cross crossover? She was just kind of um, landing. And so I haven't, but uh, but we hear she's cool. And because um, we, we actually got to shoot at uh, the U.S. Embassy in all those offices, which they don't normally let, uh, but Deborah finagled her way in there. And um and we hear she's cool, so maybe we'll have, maybe we'll have a dinner in London when we go back. That's nice. I love it. Um, all right, I'm going to take you a little bit back to the beginning because I have to. Okay. <laughs> uh, I have to. And also, I will say, Deborah is on the record for saying that you set the tone on the set, and it's always so great, and you're just a great leader. And I love hearing that about just being relaxed and fun and in it, and we're all doing this together, and why it doesn't have to be painful, so let's not make it painful. I just feel like people treat you the way you treat them, and I feel like people have been good to me, so I'm good back. All right, so Felicity. There's a woman on my team that... Uh, I work with that uh, who I adore, and she went to NYU. I have a great team of, of people. I, I happen to be the oldest, in case that's surprising to you. <laughs> you know, by a bit. Anyway, so she went to NYU because of Felicity. Pick the dorm because of Felicity. And she remembers someone saying to her, uh, oh, you can't, that dorm at 12th and 5th or wherever it is doesn't have any AC. And she's like, I don't care. I'm living in it. Felicity lived in it. So I think that there's, and she's in her 20s. So there's this generation of women, young women, that that show just implanted on them in a way that it still has this, you know, it's still kind of in the zeitgeist. It's still memed. It's still referenced. It's about this this aura of what it meant to be that young, you know, young female on a, you know, coming of age, so to speak with, with, and I love the way the hair played such a part in it in both episodes. Yeah. Anyway. So my question to you would be, why do you think that is? That's amazing. I mean, I love hearing that. It was such a, it, it, it has such a feeling that show. It has such a, it's such a, like a true, you know, Young isn't the word, but it's such a, like a true, like inspirational, like moment in your life where everything is possible. And, um, and it's so funny that it was written by Matt and JJ, who are these two guys who were in their, you know, young thirties when they wrote it. And, but I, I think it really just speaks to a time in your life when, you know, everything was possible. And, and also, you know, I had never lived in New York. Um, 
And that whole idea is so romantic. It's still romantic. Like you see kids all the time when I walk through, you know, downtown over by NYU and all these kids just making mistakes and doing all the wrong things. And, you know, it's, it's so, it's such a fun time. I mean, oh my God, it's so tumultuous those times in your life. But you look back and it's like those girlfriends of mine, I mean, we lived for each other. We would, they just meant everything in the world to me. Your relationships are so strong. Everything is the end of the world. You know, it's just such an amazing time of life. And, you know, obviously J.J. Abrams and Matt Reeves are incredibly talented people. And this, we just caught them in this amazing moment. And this is what they chose to write about, this really sweet you know, sentimental thing. And, um, but I love hearing that. In fact, I, um, was just in, uh, I was going to get my, you know, we usually as a family have, uh, a early Sunday dinner and, um, I was going to the local butcher to go buy some stuff. And, uh, this guy came up behind me. I had my middle kid with me, Willa. And he said, I, I'm so sorry. I don't mean to bother you, but my wife and I just had a baby and there was an issue with the baby and everything's okay. The baby's fine. But, you know, we were home a lot um, and we watched all of the Felicity episodes again. And uh, and I just wanted to know how much we loved it. And I was like, oh, my God, that's so nice. Um, so I, it's amazing that it's that it's living on. That's great. Have your kids seen it? Because you have teenagers. They would be watching this, right? My son, who's about to be 16 this summer, uh, is uh, I don't think it's his speed. My 11-year-old, who's kind of mature, I just, like over COVID, said she was sort of bored. And I, I said, you know, <laughs> I was on a show called Felicity, and you might actually like it because it's kind of like big girls and like doing things that you like. And she, I'm not kidding, watched about 15 minutes and turned it off and said, ugh, mom, so cringy. Ugh, so cheesy. <laughs> I was like, wow, okay, okay, that's cool. I mean, it was both you and Matthew are actors, so how does that work? Do they watch your stuff, or is it just like anything, like in my household, anything I do, it's just like, ugh, eye roll central, so... I roll central. I, I did bring River to see and, and a, a pack of teenagers to see Cocaine Bear just because I thought it was so irreverent and ridiculous and stupid. And they did laugh at that, but they don't care about what I do, honestly. Like maybe when they're 40, but right now they're like, mm. It's so funny. I love, or, on one hand, it's the diplomat. And on the other hand, it's cocaine bear. I mean, I have to say, I love Elizabeth <laughs> Banks. I love, congratulations on that movie. So JJ, because you went on to do a great scene in Mission Impossible, great death, I should say. <laughs> I mean, Epic death. One of the great action deaths. Okay, so kudos there. And then also in Star Wars, the, the rise of Skywalker. So what is your, how would you describe working with him or your relationship with him? Does he just call you up and be like, hey, Carrie, I've got something for you. What are you doing? Can you be here at such and such? <laughs> Basically, can, can you come do this? And I'm like, of course, drop everything and there. He's just one of those people, same with Matt and, you know, we just, it's such an easy relationship. I totally get his humor. You know, some people, some writers, you just, you know what they're trying to say. Like, maybe it's a cadence thing or I don't know. I just, I, I love him. I know he loves me. And, um, you know, I love his family. Yeah, that's another thing. You and I were on that bus with Katie and Marion yeah, Wright Edelman. Yeah. yeah at that so we he's just he's just the best and we have a, a great working relationship I can't wait to see what he does next I'm kind of rooting for him to do something 
like some small beautiful something because he's been doing all these giant big blockbuster things I, I want him to do I don't know something small and poetic or something or funny because he's so funny um but yeah I I yeah basically he emails me and goes hey what are you doing uh I have this idea for something I'm like great sign me up it's awesome do you remember the moment in in childhood where you were like, okay, this is for me? Because I think you were you started as a dancer, and then it kind of pivoted. Like your career has morphed into this, you know, obviously amazing place where you're at now. But when you were younger, what was that moment where you're like, oh, I'm gonna go for this? Yeah, it's I didn't grow up like desperate to be an actress at all. If anything, I wanted to be like I was obsessed with obsessed with like Nancy Drew books. Like I'd read them. Like every, my grandma would come and I remember going to pick her up at the airport back when you could walk into the airport, like to the gates to pick people up. And it was so exciting because I'd always like get the new Nancy Drew book at the airport or like, you know what I mean? Um, it, I was more into adventure, I think. And, um, and yeah, then I was, dance was really the only thing I'm trained in. And it just kind of came up. I was with a pack of my friends and they were all going to go line up and audition for the Mickey Mouse Club back then. So I was probably 15. And we were in Colorado because that's how Disney does it. They do like, you know, they get big groups together from like Utah or Colorado or like, you know, everyday places. And um, we just went in a pack of kids and lined up with, you know, hundreds of little kids. And I just went because all my friends were doing it. And then ha it happened to work out. But uh, when did I actually do? I mean, so I was just sort of along for the ride, I think, for those early years. And then when I moved to L.A., I think it was really Felicity that was the first time I was conscious kind of of what I was doing and going, OK, well, what is this? <laughs> you know, OK, so I'm going to it was probably Felicity that I really um, went, OK, well, this is good. Like, I understand why this is good. Uh, um, but I don't know. I still might change. <laughs> I still might go, is there something else I can do other than this that's like less in front of people somehow? <laughs> Did you have, do you have any like regrets about, oh, I wish I would have gone for this or I wish I wouldn't have done this or do you, are you, do you think that way at all? I do wish I would have gone to college. Like I didn't go to college I, because I started working really young. And after Felicity, I took a big chunk of time off where I, I wasn't sure I was going to act anymore. And I'm, I moved to New York and I moved close to my, a few really close girlfriends and, um, I took a couple of years off and I, uh, was seriously considering going to school. Um, but I kind of just needed to chill out and I just read books all day and wandered and kind of acted like a kid in the way that I hadn't really in my, in my twenties and in my late teen years, actually, cause I was just always working. Mm -hmm. Um, so it was probably, um, you know, after that, that I, when I slowly started to get back into it, that, you know, that I got um, a little bit more serious about it, maybe. I need to talk about the Americans, which is still one of those, again, a lot of people uh, discovered that in COVID. That got a whole other life, like a lot of these shows that people had been postponing watching. Oh, I need to watch that. I need to watch it. And that time gave, gave people that time to watch and dive into all this stuff. What did you learn for, about yourself doing that that show? Because it was so intense and such a great character and, again, complicated and had to be 
pretty arduous, but so beloved, beloved. And I mean, even, you know, President Obama, it's like one of the things that it says, like President Obama loved this show. Like it it went all the way up to the top. And I see you just smiling. We got invited to his last state dinner. It was fucking amazing because of that show. It was so crazy. I just had our our littlest guy and I had to bring a pump in because I was still nursing. Like we had just had him. But we're like, we've got we it's Obama. We've got to go. Yeah. So fucking cool. I mean, yeah, it was such a great, it was such a great show. Um, but again, it, it was the writing of it, you know. The I just feel like so much of it is the writing, um, especially in TV. You know, in this like really special time of TV that we're in, that maybe we're slowly inching our way out of. But I just think that they had this great idea. They they had a great idea that came at the perfect time. And it was really the writing. It was those two guys, Joe and Joel. And um, and they had this idea at the beginning and very soon after they knew how it was gonna end. And so then they just, because they kind of had the framework of it, they could just play. You know, you never know what's gonna work and what's not gonna work. You really don't. And the combination of those writers with John Langroff, who runs FX, who's just such a talented, interesting guy, smart guy. It just worked. And it was just such a good, Matthew was so good in it. And it was so fun. But what did I learn about myself? How fun it was to be, I don't think me in my natural state was as cool or like as stealth as that character was. And it felt so much more adult and like sexy than I was. And that was really fun. Where's the curly hair? Why don't I see the curly hair anymore? It's there. It's there. It's it's back in the back in the ponytail. I I keratin straight it sometimes. I get it relaxed, and uh, but it's it's there. Oh, it's there. Anybody, uh, your children? Does anybody have the curls? The littlest one definitely has a fro. He has a little blonde fro, and um, Willa uh, has kind of wavy, like that perfect hair that I want. Like it's like. You know, like people with beachy, wavy hair. Mine is like ringlet, curly. Um, so I like try to do chemical relaxers to get it to be that. <laughs> to get it worse. All right. So my my last question is something that I'm excited to hear what you have to say about this because I'm sure it'll be interesting. I always pick one question for every season. And I've been going very deep and heavy, obviously, because of the times about what's people's relationships with fear and whatnot. But now I just wanted to go purely light and shallow because that's where we're at right now. Let's just like have take a deep breath, have some fun. So what are the things that people have said to you when they recognize you on the street? Well, first of all, I'm so lucky because maybe it's the nature of the the things I've done. People are really cool to me, especially because of the Americans like that. The people who watch the Americans are like super cool. Like if anything, I'll, you know, I'll be on my bike in the bike lane in Brooklyn and some dude will just ride up and like be pulled up next to me and just go, it's a cool show. Americans, cool show. And then bike off. You know what I mean? Like, no one's like, can I take your picture? Oh my God, will you sign this for my boyfriend? Like, it's not really a lot of that. Um, when the Americans in the early days, I remember I was, um, I do this trip every year uh, by myself where I fly to San Francisco and then I go to Big Sur by myself usually and then I drive. I've been doing it for years. And um, I remember I was in the rental car line and um, some dad like older dad was in front of me and he just turned around and went, 
you really kicked that lady's ass. You really kicked that lady's ass. What do I think when I beat up Margot Martindale? Hilarious on the Americans. So those kind of things. Or like, I have to admit, when I cut my hair on Felicity, one of the craziest things someone said to me, it was like a mom in a grocery store. She was like, you were so pretty before you cut your hair. I was like, oh, thanks. Thanks. That was a nice thing to say. Maybe you should have thought that one through. Is there anything else people say? No, people are just generally pretty cool, I have to say. One of my favorite little tidbits, um, it's not what people say to me, Krasinski, John Krasinski and Emily Blunt are our neighbors here. Our kids are actually in the same class at school, one of our kids. And um, he said that he has my eye exploding from Mission Impossible in his phone as um, when Will Arnett calls because they saw that movie together. So whenever Will Arnett calls his phone, it's my face like exploding with the eye going crazy from Mission Impossible, which I think is a total delight. That's really hard to top, actually. That's pretty good. Right? (laughs) Isn't that good? Yeah. I was like, that's amazing. It's amazing. Still and I love the way people are still kind of scared of you and the Americans. Like they have to be really like it's a little it's a toe dip. I, that's a kind of amazing. Yes. And you're such a Brooklynite. I forget like you ride your bike everywhere. You're so Colorado. You're just like you give no fucks. I know. It is something yeah. I think about because I think about the peeps, the, you know, obviously Amy Adams, Jessica Biel, you and and knowing all of you over the years, it, there is something that keeps us kind of humble, I think, because when you grow up next to like the Rocky Mountains, you're just like, yeah, I'm nothing in this scheme of things. Like It's just like big sky and nature. And um, it's true. I feel like um, Colorado and then a ton of my friends are from Michigan. I feel like Michigan people kind of have a similar good good people vibes. It's awesome. Well, congratulations on it. The Diplomat, I love it. It is all it is all things we discussed. It's brilliant. It's messy. It's funny. It's like kind of scary. And, you know, you learn a lot, too, because I took it all at face value because I know the research is there and, and uh, Deborah yep. knows what she's doing. So I loved all of it. Um, so congrats on that. And I'm glad you got out of the house and got out of Brooklyn. I know. A little escape. I actually worked. Oh, it's, it's nice to see your face. I'll see you on another time on another whatever we do. Yes, hopefully. In real life. Or as the kids say, IRL. I know. <laughs> right, kids? Right? <laughs> Meanwhile, for me, kids or anybody under 30. I'm like, kids. <laughs> I get it. I know. I'm like, can someone help me turn this on? Can someone get this? Um, I know. <laughs> so embarrassing. All right, Carrie, thank you so much for coming on. And uh, as always, just like great to great to see you in chat. Nice to see you too. The Diplomat is streaming now on Netflix. Thanks so much for joining me. I'm Krista Smith, your host and creator of the show. Skip Intro is produced and edited by Isabel Arricchio and engineered by Dave Corwin. Special thanks to our coordinator, Alyssa Hillman. Please subscribe, rate, and review Skip Intro wherever you've been listening. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Krista Smith. If you enjoy the podcast, please go to NetflixQ.com for more. That's NetflixQueUE.com. 